Good morning. My name is Dan Fury, and it's time to wake up Wallace. Hello? Mm. Hi. Hello? Here we go. I'm feeling... Uh. I'm curious. I need knowledge. Tell me what's up. Good morning. I'm Martin Wallace. And I'm Dan Fury. And this is Waking Up Wallace. Good morning, Martin. Good morning, Dan. Hi. Hi. How are you today? Doing okay. Doing all right. How are you? It's, uh, it's another day. It's another one. Feeling excellent. This is the pilot episode of our new podcast with a simple premise. I wake up in the morning. I come... To Martin Wallace in his bed, I wake him up, and he informs me and subsequently you of the news. The happenings. And that's what we're doing. Kind of a kind of a slow news day. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Garfield wasn't very good. <laughs> I haven't read Garfield in so many years. It hasn't been good in a, in a while. You ever see those movies? No. <laughs> Bill Murray? No. The voice of Garfield? It's kind of brilliant casting. What was he thinking? Well, actually, he thought... Because it was written by Joel Cohen. Who's that? Well, he thought it was one of the Cohen brothers. Oh, no. So he agreed to do it. What would the Cohen brothers be doing with Garfield? Exactly. But he thought, oh... Well, I don't even read, need to read the script. I'm in. And it was not, but he agreed to do it, so he did it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I guess. I'd go see a Garfield movie done by the Coen brothers. That's for sure. It'd be terrifying. Yeah. It'd be dark and twisted. Mm-hmm. Very funny. You have Steve Buscemi in it. Absolutely. <laughs> John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Well, where do we start? Well, there's a there's a blizzard in the northeast. I've heard of this. It's a pretty big deal. Got a few friends out there. I got 34 inches in Massachusetts. Wow. 33.5 in Connecticut. Wasn't as bad in New York as they were uh, expecting it to be. Yeah. Just kind of a positive, I guess. <laughs> but it's still like 30, 30 inches. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy all over the place. Uh Cut off the island of Nantucket, where almost 12,000 people live. Lost power and telephone service. Yeah, pretty crazy. Bummer. Yep. In, a, uh, in Newport in Rhode Island, it toppled a 110-foot replica of a Revolutionary War sailing vessel. Whoa. In Stick a dry dock. Yeah, breaking its mast and puncturing its hull. Must have been crazy. Jeez. Got a quote here from Jeff Russell saying, it's a wicked storm. <laughs> <laughs> it's wicked. Yeah. We had an execution down in Georgia. Execution? Yeah. They uh, executed a prisoner who killed a fellow inmate, despite objections from his lawyers that he was intellectually disabled. This guy named Warren Lee Hill. Uh, he was sentenced to serve life in prison for the 1986 killing of his 18-year-old girlfriend. And then in 1990, he killed Joseph Handspike with a nail-studded board while in prison. And 25 years later, he gets executed. 25 what? 25 years later? Yeah. Yeah, it takes a long time you yeah. know, to process it. I didn't even know they had the death penalty in Georgia. Yeah, and well, his lawyers kept fighting it because he's intellectually disabled and therefore shouldn't be executed. But, of course, Georgia has the toughest in the nation standard for uh, proving intellectual disability. 
requiring defendants to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that they are disabled. <laughs> That's a lot funnier than it should be, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> Two ex-Vanderbilt football players were convicted on Tuesday of raping a former student. Rejecting claims that they were too drunk to know what they were doing, that a college culture of binge drinking and promiscuous sex should be blamed for the attack. That's what they said? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I don't think that's like a, a worthwhile defense, is it? Of anything. I was drunk. Yeah, that's your fault. Yeah. They're smart down there, too, aren't they, in Vanderbilt? That's what I thought. But <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Measles has uh, been stumping doctors. I heard a bit about this. Yeah, the... Uh, this uh, whole anti-vaccination movement, mm -hmm. feel how you will about that, yeah. has uh, brought measles back. And the virus is so rare that medical schools don't dwell on it at length. Of course, they talk about it, but right. uh, most most younger doctors have never seen it, so they can't readily diagnose it. Vast majority have never seen a sick patient, slow to recognize a potentially deadly and highly contagious disease. Doctors aren't thinking about measles because they haven't seen it before. Uh, this last outbreak began a week before Christmas and has sickened at least 87 people in seven states in Mexico. About one in four of the 73 patients from California. One of them's in Oregon. Mm. Uh, most of them have visited Disneyland and uh, really? a number were initially misdiagnosed. Yeah, it started in Disneyland for some reason. What? Yeah, uh, Dr. William Schaffner said measles is not something you spend a great deal of time on at all for obvious reasons. Um, it hasn't been a major worry for a long time. No. No, let's see. Uh, in 1962, a year before the vaccine came out, there were uh, 481,530 reported cases nationwide. Whoa. And in 2004, there were 37. Wow. And this is the biggest outbreak since. Yeah, a lot of doctors uh, misdiagnosing and waiting a while because I guess uh, it starts with fever, cough, and runny nose. So it's kind of hard to see. Yeah. So that's kind of scary. A little bit. Yeah. Let's move on here. Uh, some Mormon leaders. Oh, good. Yeah, in Salt Lake City. Uh, voice support for housing and job protections for gays and lesbians in Utah and across the nation, as long as the laws protect the freedom of religious people who in turn oppose such protections. Some people welcomed the announcement, while uh, others didn't think it went far enough. Of course. Ah, it's it's a fairness for all approach. Yeah, You do what you want, but I have the, the right to not like it very much. Mm -hmm. That church has not changed its doctrine on same-sex marriage. Uh, no. I don't see that happening anytime soon. No, never. But they are quoted as saying, we must all learn to live with others who do not share the same beliefs or values. Well, that's nice. Yeah, three church elders in a rare news conference. Yeah, that really doesn't happen much. Mm -mm. The Reverend Russell Moore of the Southern Baptist Convention called the Mormon leaders well-intentioned but naive. Uh, and you it's kind of, <laughs> yeah, you might say that about a lot of that organization. Yeah, you have some history there. Mm -hmm. Let's not get into that, but. No. Nope. Yep. Moving on to sports. Oh, I love sports. Mm -hmm. This is great because anything you say is news to me. The Super Bowl's on Sunday. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl. <laughs> Pretty big deal for a lot of people. Right. That's going to be the New England Patriots. People eat things a lot. They buy TVs and then return them on Monday. Yeah. Oh, you got to get ready for the Super Bowl. I got to see it on a really, really big TV. <laughs> That kind of makes it free, doesn't it? If you just return. Kinda, yeah. That's pretty cool. People are so smart. I know. Yeah. Smartest people in the world. New England Patriots, Seattle Seahawks. Kind of an exciting one. Seattle won it last year. See, I didn't know that. Mm, pretty big long shot to, you know, repeat. Right. Uh, but they did it. They it came back. Did it. Mm -hmm. And uh, New England has a, a history of repeating. Mm -hmm. uh, they did it in 2004 and five. They won it in 2002, and uh, they were there two other times, but didn't win. When did Brady start? Brady started, he's 37. Uh, was he a part of all of those? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's been to the Super Bowl five times. This will be his wow. sixth time. Maybe he's a cheater. Is that right? Well, the the deflation situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady's not necessarily responsible for that. Yeah, that was a whole team thing. But I don't I don't have any answers for no that. No insight. No, I think they're still figuring that one out. Uh, well, your opinion if if they did do that, my opinion should they be uh, reprimanded for such action? No, okay. I don't think I don't think that the lack of air in the balls uh, was significantly detrimental to well, the other team. Whether or not that's true, <laughs> isn't it against regulation or rules? Yeah, yeah, and that well, probably then, shouldn't happen. Yeah. What are, What about other sports like volleyball? Don't know about volleyball. Softball. Kobe Bryant's out for uh, the rest of the year. He's getting surgery. Ooh. Yeah. Speaking of another guy, has been around going straight to basketball time. there. Mm-hmm. So he has been playing basketball. What eighteen years now? Mm-hmm. And he's only like thirty-five. Yeah, that's that's pretty old for a professional athlete, though. Yeah, you know, still but be in be, there. Com- in it, in it's a unique situation in that he's been playing almost twenty years, and he's not not even close to forty. Yeah, because he, he was drafted straight out of high school. Yeah, basketball players get get picked young. Let's see if I can find out exactly how old he is here. I'm pretty sure he's 35. Because I actually did like basketball around that time that he was drafted. Let's see. This is his 19th season. Wow. I don't have his age. Well, guess what? We have the internet. Just look it up. He's won five NBA championships. He's a seven-time NBA All-Star. He won the All-Star Game MVP four times. He's a NBA Finals MVP twice. 36. He just turned 36. Wow. Yeah, he's uh, he's got a torn right rotator cuff. That's got to hurt. Yeah. That's the last uh, last couple of years. He's He's just been injured. Riddled with injuries. He's such an old man. Mm-hmm. He's just iconic, though. You know, you just yeah. like seeing him out there. Expected to be out nine months. Shit. That's pretty much it for sports over here. Okay. I don't think sports is going to be a very major topic in this in this show. Not if I have anything to do with it. I know. <laughs> Did you get that? I hope so. <laughs> Um, I have one. You have one what? Brand new. Uh, the Malaysian airline flight 370 oh, yeah? officially declared an accident so that hmm. uh, families of victims can claim uh, life insurance policies and stuff. They're, they're saying they assume that it's at the bottom of the ocean and everybody's dead. Well, that's nice of them, I, I guess. I, I almost forgot about this thing. Like It was everywhere for six weeks mm-hmm. back in last March. This one's a wash. They're saying, huh? It's gone. Some people are pretty upset. Obviously people I'd, that are still hoping that people are alive. Like, there's no evidence still. There's no, yeah, I like don't know exactly where it is, but like the plane was hijacked or something. And they're all living in kind of like a lost scenario. That just seems very far fetched, but if you don't know, you don't know. It's poor people. Mm-hmm. Well, and some positive news. Great. Research has, has found that daily coffee consumption provides protection against malignant melanoma. Really? The worst form of skin cancer. Uh-huh. Uh, researchers have found in a statistical study involving tens of thousands of Java drinkers, people who drank the most coffee, uh, about four cups a day, slashed their risk by about 20% for malignant melanoma. It just so happens to be the fifth most common cancer in the United States. Wow. Yeah, the, that is good news. The, the result is uh, statistically significant, but cannot explain why coffee drinking may guard against melanoma. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. And a new study found that American children take in more calories, fat, and salt on days that they eat pizza. No kidding. Mm-hmm. And not, not because it's worse or, or has all that. Uh, it just leads to all-day right. snacking. yeah. 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 Pizza, candy, soda, mm-hmm. French fries. 
Yeah, when pizza was on the menu, kids ages 2 to 11 years had 85 more calories and 134 more milligrams of sodium than on days when they didn't eat pizza. And uh, teens took in an extra 230 calories and 484 milligrams of sodium. Ooh. They also consume more saturated fat. About 20% of kids eat pizza on any given day. And it's their second highest source of calories behind dessert. So uh, parents are advised to avoid giving pizza as a snack and at meals to supplement it with a salad or other vegetables to help limit the number of slices eaten. Hmm. Well, moving on to some uh, psychology findings. Turns out that a bad boss can make you sick. Physically sick. Yes. How's that? Well, chronic stress which can result from uh, daily dealing with bad bosses, has been linked to high blood pressure, sleep problems, and anxiety. It's also associated with unhealthy behaviors such as smoking, excessive drinking, and overeating. Hmm. Well, because your boss is a jerk. Yeah, and you have problems with the supervisor. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. From the time you get out of bed, you're dreading going to work. This produces a flight-or-fight response, which causes your body to pump out adrenaline and other stress hormones. Breathing and heart rate speed up as your body prepares to spring into action. Is that what happened when I woke you up today? Yeah. <laughs> and when the stress response goes on for too long, it can uh, destabilize hormone levels and promote other changes that increase the risk of chronic disease. Study in 2009... Analyzed data on 3,122 men to see whether the leadership qualities of their managers were associated with risk of heart attack or death due to heart disease. And uh, men who rated their managers as good had at least a 20% lower risk of developing heart disease over a 10-year period than those who rated their managers as poor. Although the study did not prove causality, the association became stronger the longer the employee stayed at the workplace. And the effect was independent of other factors such as smoking and exercise hmm. also increased you know blood pressure and they found a link between unfairness and mental health complaints such as depression physical ailments such as sleep problems high blood pressure and being overweight be nice to hmm. your employees the uh, the advice here from on high is uh you can talk to your managers about it yeah you can get some change <laughs> Or you can quit <laughs> because it's going to give you a heart attack. <laughs> so leave your jobs. Oh, that's good. That's great advice. Mm -hmm. Just get another one. Just get another one. Research into how the human brain develops uh, found that in teenagers, the frontal lobe of the brain, which controls decision making, mm -hmm. is built but not fully insulated. So signals move more slowly. That's why... Uh, Teens can't control impulses and make rapid, smart decisions like adults can. Teenagers are not as readily able to access their frontal lobe. Dr. Francis Jensen uh, wrote a book called The Teenage Brain. A neuroscientist explains we have a natural insulation called uh, myelin. It's a fat. It takes uh, time to build. Cells have to build myelin, and they grow it around the outside of uh, tracks of your brain, and it takes years. Mm-hmm. This insulation process starts in the back of the brain and heads towards the front. She thinks brains aren't fully mature until people are in their early 20s, possibly late 20s, and maybe even beyond. Yeah. The last place to be connected is the front of your brain, where your prefrontal cortex and your frontal cortex are. These are areas where we have insight, empathy, and executive functions such as impulse control of risk-taking behavior. This research also explains why teenagers can be especially susceptible to Addictions, including drugs, alcohol, smoking, and digital devices. That I makes remember, sense. Yeah, I remember reading uh, about that in psychology class. That it's around twenty-five that your critical thinking process moves to a different part of your brain, which I kind of noticed in in my age. Definitely think differently. What else we got? Well, there's a. Uh, Sort of a viral video going around about those uh, Keurig K-cups, uh, single-serving mm -hmm. coffee. Yeah. Well, the video itself is kind of funny. It's a, sort of a found footage, Cloverfield sort of situation. Mm -hmm. You know, spoiler alert, the monster is made out of used <laughs> individual-serving K-cups. Huh. This is kind of funny because uh, 
I've seen a, I've seen a lot of these at, at people's houses, and uh, they're really convenient. It's really yeah. really a cool little thing. You just put a single serving coffee Shoot flavor in there. Yeah, and I think you can even set them up to start brewing at some point in the morning before you even wake up. Oh, it's great. But it turns out that those uh, single serving cups are not recyclable. Oh, yeah, and uh, they're producing eight point three billion to that was in 2013 k cups which is enough to circle the earth 10 and a half times and in 2014 they made 9.8 billion of those cups whoa these guys is mike hatchie is a ceo of egg studios is the video production company from nova scotia that that made this film trying to get some awareness Mm -hmm. about uh, just how ridiculous that is yeah i know my my parents use it but they they have just like a little filter in there where you just put coffee grounds then you wash that i mean it's just as convenient can i not make them recyclable i mean no (laughs) i I just don't think they care it probably would well i don't cost some more money yeah but uh that's a lot of little cups it's unbelievable they're just gonna go into the ocean yep Dump them. Hmm. Get into uh, science and astronomy here. Oh, good. Astronomers have found uh, a distant exoplanet that has a giant ring system. Kind of like Saturn. Mm -hmm. Only uh, it's a lot bigger. (laughs) It's a lot bigger. Yeah. Astronomers say they've discovered a planet, gigantic ring system that's 200 times larger than that around Saturn. Whoa. There are more than 30 rings each measuring tens of millions of kilometers in diameter. Gaps detected in the ring system suggest that some of the material may already have uh, coalesced to form moons, which uh, can be seen at work in Saturn's rings today. And that's uh, kind of a leading theory on how a lot of satellites are made anyway on these gas giants. Hmm. How do they find this stuff out if it's that far away? (laughs) It's a ways away. Uh, so in this one, they actually can't detect the planet. Kind of funny, but it there's they have the star and uh, the light's being blocked for such an enormous period of time, and it's kind of wavering in and out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they the only thing they can think of is that it has to be rings like this, and the only thing that because uh, there's no it's not a star that's holding the rings together. It has to be a planet of some kind. And it has to be enormous. And I think it's between 10 and 40 times as massive as Jupiter. Wow. The planet is called J1407b, which is a great name. <laughs> Sketchy. If it was where Saturn is, in the night sky, the rings would be not only visible, but significantly bigger than the moon. And here's a picture of Ooh, it. It's really crazy. cool looking. That's how, how much bigger it is. Whoa. Yeah, with like Saturn and Saturn's rings aren't small. Yeah. Yeah, that you nuts. can hardly see the planet, you know. You get a little bit of that light, but if if it had this ring system, it would just be Yeah. It's kind of fun. That's fun. It's really fun. I like uh, stars and shit. On that same note, uh, astronomers have spotted the oldest planetary system ever found. And this is kind of cool. An ancient star known as Kepler 444 with five small Earth-like planets. Mm-hmm. Suggesting that ancient life in our universe is more likely than was previously thought. The star is 117 light years away from Earth, and they believe that it's 11.2 billion years old. Whoa. That's kind of fun. Billion with a B. Some positive news here. The number of monarch butterflies that reached wintering grounds in Mexico has rebounded 69% from last year's lowest on record levels. That is great news. But their numbers remain very low. Oh, no. Yeah. Last year, the Monarchs covered only 1.6 acres, smallest area since record-keeping began in 1993. That's not very big. This year, the butterflies rebounded to cover 2.8 acres, according to a formal census by Mexican environmental authorities. Orange and black butterflies are suffering from loss of milkweed habitat in the United States and illegal logging in Mexico and climate change. Hmm. So, um... Gwyneth Paltrow, you've you've heard of, you've heard of her. That's yes. what you want to talk about right now. Yeah, just 
I got a little. I got a little bit. <laughs> what is she up to? Um, talking about her vagina. Wasn't she the one that was like complaining about how hard motherhood is? Yes. and acting and like she's had a, a several kind of strange bits in the news of things that she doesn't says. Really, like estranged herself from. She's kind of on another level here. She is encouraging ladies to do a steam douche. For their vaginas. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like a spa day. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a it's like a mini sauna. You sit on what is essentially a mini throne, and a combination of infrared and mugwort steam cleanses your uterus and such. And uh, does she have any any like scientific reason for doing this? Like medical, not. or is it just like that? Feels good. It feels good. It's an energetic release. Not a, not just a steam douche. It balances female hormone levels. If you're in L.A., you have to do it. That's a quote from her. And then... Uh, no, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the experts say she is not a vagina expert. Mm-hmm. We're looking into it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make note of this. Uh, no. Uh, Dr. Gunter, Dr. Jen Gunter, warns. A vagina is- expert. Yes. She is a board-certified OBGYN, warns that steam is probably not good for your vagina. <laughs> Herbal steam is no better and quite possibly worse. Wow. So, uh, I guess be cautious. Do what you want, but... I, I mean, I can't imagine steam would be appropriate. I think vagina. some people are into that. You know, I'm not here to judge, but... Well, no. Can you imagine? <laughs> No, there's a whole like series of steps I have to go through in order to imagine that yeah. scenario. Got to, you know, change some hardwired facts. Uh, yeah, biology. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't. I don't really. I can't imagine what the benefit of that is. Like the difference, right? Steam. Uh, also, Doctor Gunter also says that uh, about the claim that it would cleanse your uterus. Steam isn't going to get into your uterus from your vagina unless you're using an attachment with some kind of pressure and most definitely never, ever do that in capitals. Yeah, what? Just like, uh-huh. Cleanse your uterus with steam. No, I I, nope. I don't think it can be any more beneficial than just sitting in a sauna. Uh-huh. Gwyneth, I maybe mean, she's right. She seems like a very enlightened being to me. But maybe that's just she, because she really claims to be. She's an actress. Yeah. You know, if one of like the major Helens came out with this, I'd probably believe them. The major Helens? You know, like a Hunt or a Mirren. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more inclined to. I'd believe that. Believe that because they're pre- you know they're pretty quiet. They don't they don't come out unless there's really mm-hmm. yeah something going on. But Gwyneth is just popping off at the mouth, baby crazy week. You know, yeah. life is so hard for a actress. Yep. It's real tough. I don't know. I'm not here to judge. I I think she can do whatever she wants with the steam and her parts. Yeah, well, the doctors say... Just don't listen just, to her. Yeah. Don't do that. Hmm. Don't, especially don't pay 50 bucks to do it. 50 bucks a pop. Steam it up. Does she have stake in the business or something? Maybe. I don't know. We can get into that later. Sounds like a wild ride to Let's me. put a pin in it. <laughs> well uh tuesday was uh anniversary of, of the uh liberation of auschwitz sweet mm-hmm. a lot of survivors showed up for memorial and cool. it's a big thing every year uh big ups to them sad news is there were fewer than 300 at the ceremony on mm-hmm. tuesday and uh people are fairly certain that this is one of the last. Yeah. Because uh, most of them are in their 90s. Uh, should start dwindling from here, yeah. which is unfortunate news, but. But they made it. They did. Yeah, it's crazy. That's got to be weird going back there, but. Yeah. Yeah, sure. There's a new king in Saudi Arabia. Oh. Mm-hmm. President Obama stopped by to meet him and, and give condolences for the old king. I. Who died? Wasn't just like a. <laughs> he died. I suppose that well, king, you have to. Yeah. You don't step down from that. No. You don't. Uh, you got to leave 
this mortal coil. Yeah. Um, I stopped by for only a few hours to tour him from uh return of a three-day visit in India. The fact that he made the stop was significant because he rarely travels overseas to mark the death of a foreign leader. More mm-hmm. often, he dispatches the vice president, who secretary of state or some other dignitary. Um, he showed up with uh, uh, John McCain, Republican leader, and uh, Condoleezza Rice. It's kind of an interesting show of faith. Yeah. And uh, the first lady got off of Air Force One wearing uh, long pants and a long, brightly colored jacket. But no headscarf. No headscarf, huh? Mm-hmm. Now, uh, a delegation of dozens of Saudi officials, all men, greeted the Obamas, and uh, some shook hands with Mrs. Obama. Others avoided a handshake, but acknowledged the First Lady with a nod as they passed by. Mm-hmm. So they uh, they impose uh, a lot of restrictions on women there. Uh, with what they're banned from driving, they got them all wear headscarves, kinds of stuff. So it was, it yeah. was, I think that was kind of a cool show. Her. Saying, nah. <laughs> nah. I don't know why she would. It'd be kind of a... <laughs> Probably be yeah. like really offensive if she showed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I just think that's kind of like a... It's a strong statement. It's just a, yeah. a hard thing to do. A first lady. I'm mm-hmm. not going to hide it. not going to hide that. You got anything else? Oh, yeah. Okay. The Ebola virus is mutating. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. It, it's always doing that. The viruses oh, yeah. are always mutating. But they're uh, they're doing a lot of work here uh, in France, uh, where they actually identify. In they're in France. <laughs> I went, <laughs> coming to you live from France. That'd be great. Uh, so they, I don't think they'd give a shit about my opinion. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's where they first identified it identified the outbreak uh, last March and uh, they're investigating whether it could have become more contagious. Uh, so more than 22,000 people have been infected with Ebola and uh, about 8,800 have died. Hmm. So yeah, they're tracking how the virus is changing and trying to establish whether it's able to jump more easily from person to person. One of the things that they're, they're seeing is that it could become a asymptomatic. So you can't even tell. Yeah. So it'll, it'll just sort of harbor in your body and you pass yeah. it on. Good. Um, and they're also concerned, uh, although let's, I think this may be more of a fear mongering than anything. Uh, they're concerned that it might go airborne, mm. uh, but they have no reason to think that other than that right. is a possibility of a genetic mutation. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just more, uh, on the front of it than not, because that would be, that would be the end. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that'd be real bad news. Uh, for the moment, the way of transmission is still the same. You just have to avoid contact with poop with a sick person. <laughs> but as a scientist, you can't predict it won't change. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. That sounds like garbage it's science. Mm-hmm. Uh, researchers are using a method called genetic sequencing to track changes in the genetic makeup of the virus. So far, they've analyzed around 20 blood samples and another 600 are being sent to the labs in the coming months. 20 doesn't seem like a lot to have any conclusive. No, not really. Seems like we've just started. Yeah. Already trying to scare people. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're thinking about doing uh, a similar kind of vaccination uh, process with it that they use with measles, which is where they take a, a very weakened and harmless form of the virus and uh, inject it into you, which triggers a immune response, which fights and defeats the disease. And they're thinking if that works, they'll just put it in with the measles vaccine, give you one shot, and you're just you know Ebola free. But that's still a ways off. Yeah. That'd be great, though. I don't know if I want people injecting me with Ebola. <laughs> I don't really want to be injected with anything, but if mm-hmm. it means not dying a horrible, painful death, speaking maybe of I'll that. give it a try. Speaking of not dying a horrible and painful death. Oh, no. Microsoft uh, Research Chief Eric uh, Horowitz has said that he thinks artificial intelligence systems could achieve consciousness. Oh, yeah. I heard about this. But it's played down the threat to human life. Yeah. Uh, and Bill Gates agrees. Yeah, he's bonding him. Yeah. yeah. Bill Gates also drinks filtered poop water. So mm, he's an interesting guy. That. Yeah, Horowitz revealed that over a quarter of all attention and resources, resources in his unit 
are now focused on AI-related activities. There have been concerns about the long-term prospect that we lose control of certain kinds of intelligences. And he says, I fundamentally don't think that that's going to happen. I think that we will be very proactive in terms of how we field AI systems. And in the end, we'll be able to get incredible benefits from machine intelligence in all realms of life, from science to education to economics to daily life. Which I, I don't disagree with that. I think, you know, it's it's clearly going to be a big step forward and yeah. all kinds of good stuff. Until, uh, well, Stephen Hawking is, is pretty vocal about the fact that they're just going to become sentient. Mm-hmm. evolve beyond us, have no use for us, and then, you know, use us as batteries like the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know... It starts with machines making your coffee before you wake up, mm-hmm. and then they're throwing it on your face. I think it's fairly inevitable, though, as long as we're... I mean, we'd have to I mean, take a real big step back. Yeah, the progress to stop is... looking into it, you know? Yeah. You can't say, like, eh, we've, we've made enough stuff. That's not gonna happen. Like, we're done... With science. <laughs> I think we've had enough science. We should just ride this out. I don't think that's how it works. Uh, Elon Musk is quoted as saying, with artificial intelligence, we are summoning the demon. Ooh, good one. Mm-hmm. Says he believes it is unavoidable, unavoidable that artificial intelligences will wipe out mankind. Wow. Once you start to make machines that are uh, rivaling and surpassing humans with intelligence, it's going to be very difficult for us to survive. <laughs> It's just an inevitability. It's going to be very difficult. Um, yeah, you think if you combine the the intellect of all these people that are putting their time and energy and knowledge into making these things, essentially the machine has the collective intelligence of many, many people. Right. So, it, well, once it takes a step beyond us, I don't see the point in us keep it keeping us around mm-hmm. other than like maintenance. Um, I need I need to be maintained. I also got to consider like we're we're weak, feeble beings, and we're run on emotion. Yeah, and feelings, feelings, yeah, and, and something that's totally logical and has all of our knowledge. Yeah, is not going to care. Not so much, unless it's like Wally. Wally, <laughs> Wally. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> so there's a bunch of forthcoming films. Ooh. Uh, on like how people Terminator Five might handle the potential AI threat, such as Terminator Genesis, which mm-hmm. is spelled awful. Yeah, completely uh, wrong. Just like really gross. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Chappie, which seems like a oh, more yeah. adult version of Wally, but with uh, uh-huh. with you, Jackman, and that band from South Africa. What are they from? Diane Wood. Aren't, oh, aren't they from South Africa? Yeah, I think so. They're they in just that? make that up. I don't think. Yeah, but they're kind of cool, and they they look really cool. <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah, they look hardcore. I don't know. Same guy that made District 9. Yeah, it looks like it's set in the same universe. Yeah. Uh, a movie called Ex Machina, which I know nothing about, and uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, in which mm-hmm. all of the Avengers try to destroy an AI-powered robot that yeah. runs amok. Amok. AI systems risk invading people's privacy. This is another hot button here, since they will become capable of making ever deeper inferences about users by weaving together the massive data generated by human activities. Yeah. But he added, AI itself might offer a solution to this problem. That seems kind of like it. (laughs) But maybe it'll be fine. (laughs) I don't know. We're going to do it, and it might fix itself. Yeah. Been working with systems yeah. that can figure out exactly what information that they would best need to provide the best service for a population of users and at the same time then limit the privacy incursion on any particular user. You might be told, for example, in using this service, you have a 1 in 10,000 chance of having a Curie ever looked at. Each person only has to worry about as much as they worry about being hit by a bolt of lightning. Yeah. It's so rare. I don't know. I don't like it, but no, I'm privacy... powerless to stop it. And I do want to see AI. I just I would like to be in like that. I would like to die before it 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 turns evil. Yeah. As far as privacy goes, though, that's that's out the window. I mean, it's been gone for a long time. Know, I don't know why people are so worried about. It. I mean, you put something online mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone knows our thoughts. There will be a trail of it forever. Mm-hmm. It'll be <clears throat> beaming around space. Mm-hmm. Shooting to. Exoplanets. And you know what? I say let the robots listen to it. Yeah. Let the we robots. Know, we know what you're up to. 
Maybe that's what they're doing down in the Microsoft Labs. They're teaching computers how to enjoy our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I like so. to I like to think that that's nice. That AI wakes up every morning, has a cup of you know artificial digital coffee, looks for the new episode, and and wakes up with Wallace. Yep, gets the news because this has been the most informative half hour of my life. Sure, me too. And more positive news, the Ghostbusters all-female lineup is confirmed. Yeah, seen this. Mm-hmm. Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy. Heavy hitters. Uh, two people I've never heard of, uh, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. Is that the lesbian from SNL? The blonde? I mean, I, I can't tell by looking at her that she's lesbian, but Show me the yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A boy really, can dream. She's funny. So yeah, they're they're all SNL. Actually, where did Melissa McCarthy come from? She's been hot lately. She was originally on Gilmore Girls, and then once she was in Bridesmaids, she blew up. That's where it comes from. And the director of that this... movie with the guy from Arrested Development that looked kind of funny, but like I just <laughs> I don't trust his big screen, yeah. you know, chops. Right. Um, the director of Bridesmaids is also doing this. I think this is going to be, it has, it has all the makings to be yeah. awesome. As long as, you know, Bill Murray's in there somewhere. He'll show up. He'll... Uh, it's rumored that he will. Yeah. I mean, he has to. But you got to get Ernie Hudson in there too. I mean, you can't just start over. Yeah. Ackroyd. Ackroyd uh, endorses it. He says, he thinks I think it's Ackroyd's great. been trying to get it ever he's since been, he He's went been bankrupt. the champion of this, this movie for a long time. But I bet his problem is that he wanted to make Ghostbusters 3 about aliens. Oh. Probably. Because everything about his life is about aliens now. That man is crazy. But I think he wanted to do, like, it starts with the old guys. They pass on the torch to younger guys, and then that is a new franchise. But it's I'll... been a while. 1984 was the first one. Yeah. When did the second one come out? It's like 80. Five years eight, later, 88, 89. And then, of course, Harold uh, Ramis. Mm-hmm. Died last yeah. year. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. A Florida cat crawled out of its grave. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're calling it the zombie cat. Cat got hit by a car. Yeah. Uh, and this is in Tampa, Florida. He was presumed dead, lying stiff in a pool of his own blood. Uh, owner gave it to his neighbor to bury because he he couldn't handle yeah. it and. Uh, Five days later or something, he's found. What? Yeah. He had a broken jaw and a ruptured eye. He was found meowing for food by another of Mr. Hudson's neighbors, Dusty Albritton. Uh, Miss Albritton said, at first it blew me away. All I knew was this cat was dead and Pet Cemetery is real. <laughs> yeah, it's a Wait, zombie cat. Did it, it crawled out of its own did, Does own it grave. say how deep it was buried? A shallow grave. Huh. But how do we know that's an accurate story? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but Zombie Cat. This story went viral pretty quick. Wow. Well, yeah. Buried it. That must have been a weird wake up. Yeah. Holy shit. Well. I guess that'll do it. Let's see. What else do we have? Or not. Or not. We might not have anything. I got a couple... Uh, What's on TV today? <laughs> just read that. We'll just do a, a verbal crossword puzzle. <laughs> That'll be fun. Let's see if really test your memory here. Uh, I got a couple local things. Um, okay. This might not interest... Portland, Oregon. Our huge listener base outside of Portland, but this is mostly just for fun to show you how... you know. People are hilarious. Yeah. And I, I was a little reluctant to uh, include a lot of this just because it's not, you know, it's area specific. Yeah. But, but I would just like whatever. to preface this isn't because these people are, are local. It's just because they, they're just people anywhere in yeah. USA doing awesome, <laughs> awesome things. It's a 81-year-old man was standing in his front yard, Gene Curry. Thought he was going to witness a crash when he was out checking his mail. Waved his arms uh, 
yelled at this female driver in a SUV rushing down the street as fast as it could, mm-hmm. being followed by a uh, Ford F-150, and they both turned into a dead end pretty much right in front of his house. Pickup smashed into the SUV, and then Curry heard gunshots. He heard uh, as many as three before he found himself in his garage closing the door. While he was on the phone with a 911 dispatcher, deputy police arrived, got out of their patrol car and uh, aimed rifles at the truck. At least half a dozen more law enforcement officials arrived. A uh, 55-year-old Timothy Moffitt shot himself in the truck as it was stopped in the dead end. But first, he shot his wife, 54-year-old Jan Moffitt, who was in the SUV, managed to get out of her Ford Explorer with at least two gunshot wounds and walk a block to Tony Court, where a homeowner brought her into her garage and called 911. Timothy Moffitt and Jan Moffitt, married for 35 years, were both listed in critical condition at separate Portland hospitals. The couple did not live in the neighborhood. Timothy Moffitt apparently chased his wife there during a domestic dispute. The couple had a long-standing abusive relationship, according to a December restraining order, filed by Jan Moffitt. Timothy Moffitt was arrested on December 19th of allegations of assault and harassment after injuring his wife the day before. He had threatened both their lives repeatedly. He has threatened to kill himself and take me out with him. He has a gun and rifles where he is staying, Jan Moffitt wrote in the restraining order. She said she believed she was in imminent danger because it's been happening on and off again for 35 years, and I'm fearful it will continue. The dead end is less than a quarter of a mile away from an elementary school and a Christian school where temporarily placed on lockdown. Sounds like a real good marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, 35 years of that. And then imagine having an argument so intense that it ends in a car chase and gunfire. <laughs> no, no, I can't. And nobody is dead. Pretty unbelievable. He shot himself, too. It didn't do the trick. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Sounds like he's been making mistakes his whole life. <laughs> For 35 mm-hmm. years. There's a uh, a Walgreens on Northeast uh, 33rd Avenue. You might be familiar with it. Uh, yeah, I am. Tuesday morning at around 4.13 a.m., two suspects uh, drove a pickup truck through the front entrance. Really? Yeah, in an attempt to steal an ATM. Yeah. Wow. Now, now, for those of you out there uh, who don't understand the significance of that, <laughs> that is uh, roughly 20 blocks away from where we are right now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very, very local news. Pretty funny. Extremely local. That's about as extremely local as it gets. I, for some reason, I feel like that's not entirely uncommon uh, for Walgreens. People just driving right through it. Did it happen? <laughs> I, it yeah, I feel like I've heard that story before. <laughs> well, I'm just shocked that, that the suspects didn't watch the movie Barbershop, where we all learned that there's no reason to steal ATMs, especially by driving into a building. I mean, it, yeah, it's, you learned that from Barbershop? Yeah. Do you not remember that movie? I remember it. I never saw it. Oh, well, that that's... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but that's a pretty big part of the movie. That was like 10 years ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, all I'm saying is that it, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in the most unique of places. And one of them is the movie Barbershop, okay. where we all learn the lesson that there's no reason to steal an ATM because it's it's very hard to get open. And mm-hmm. once you do, there's not much money in there. Yeah. And where are you going to hold the thing anyway? It's tough. What do you do with an ATM once you've extracted you know, a couple hundred bucks out of it? I want to talk about Kelly Lee Edmonds for a minute. Okay. <sighs> He's a registered sex offender. Mm, I don't like him already. He had an earlier conviction for child molestation. Mm-mm. Was sentenced to prison Monday for raping a child more than 20 years ago. What? How's that? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Is there no statute of limitations on? See, the, the victim was five years old at the time of the crime. Yeah. And Edmonds. A registered sex offender had uh, the wonderful privilege of having a wife who ran a daycare center. Gosh. Now, the victim did not report the crime until 2013. Edmonds, who's 47, was sentenced to nine years and seven months in prison 
He would have faced a much tougher sentence had he committed the rape after 2006 when state law was changed to require a 25-year mandatory sentence for sex crimes involving a child under 12. Neither Edmonds nor his victim addressed the court. In 05, Edmonds was convicted of sexually abusing a female relative who was at the daycare center. He was sentenced to prison and released in uh, 2011. He was accused in 2000 of sexually abusing another girl, also at the daycare center, in the late 90s when she was three or four years old. There's no, they didn't prosecute that case. For the 2005 conviction, conviction, Edmonds was given the opportunity for sexual offender treatment and refused to cooperate or attend treatment. Prosecutor Bill Golden said there's nothing in this man's history that says he's going to abide by any state law. Mm-hmm. Edmonds' attorney, Andrew Elliott, argued for a slightly shorter sentence and that Edmonds was granted good time credit for good behavior, which could reduce his sentence by 20 to 30 percent. But Circuit Judge Douglas Van Dirk said, That's Dyke. D-Y-K? Is that Dyke? Mm -hmm. That's a weird spelling. Dirk. (laughs) Circuit Judge Douglas Van Dirk said he considered denying the good time credit to Edmonds, quoted as saying, I'm profoundly skeptical that he can reform himself, given his history. Yeah. You display yourself as unremorseful. You display yourself as uncaring and claim to be the victim here. All of those are indications that you are a dangerous man. And uh, there was an argument in front of a Fred Meyer parking lot, which preceded the stabbing of a 13-year-old boy. Oh, Oh, gosh. Police said the boy and two of his friends were arguing with a man who police believe was a transient. Argument led to the man stabbing the boy in the parking lot. Boy was taken to a hospital for treatment of a serious slashing wound. His friends fled the scene. Now, detectives are still searching for the man and details surrounding the Sunday attack. However, police do not believe the incident is a random, unprovoked act. The man is described as having facial hair, possibly wearing a green hoodie. So keep your eyes out. (laughs) Should be real easy to spot. Uh, He might be riding a mountain bike. Might be. Might be. Is it a Huffy? I don't know. Probably. They still make those? I bet they do. I don't know much about them. Uh, they have to. You know that? You can definitely still find them. Yeah. Huffies? They'll probably come back into fashion before too long. Well, that's it for your news. Okay. Where do we go from here? Back to bed? Back to bed. Okay. We wait for more stuff to happen. Yeah. We'll just we'll just be And as it does, waiting. we'll report it right to you. <laughs> so... Come back next time. This has been Waking Up Wallace. I'm Dan Fury. And I'm Martin Wallace. And I'm going back to bed. Have a great day. I got to take